When did you last take a bite of your favorite chocolate? You may have been consumed in the taste and the happy feeling it left you with. But have you ever wondered about the origins of your chocolate? In this episode of the Changing Narratives Africa podcast, we're taking a trip through various countries in the western region of the continent and diving into the delicious world of chocolate. My name is Natalie Sifuma. And I'm Lesmi Rungu. And we are your hosts. You know, Les, this is an exciting episode for me because I love chocolate. Whether it's in the form of a bar or even just hot chocolate, I love chocolate. And I understand, but there's plenty of reasons why you and so many others around the world love chocolate. It's multifaceted and it can be enjoyed as a food, a snack, a dessert and even as a drink. It adds a necessary sweetness into the world. That's why we don't just say we like chocolate but that we love it. Agreed. Before it becomes the delight we enjoy, chocolate begins its life cycle as a fruit of the cocoa tree. These trees are found in plenty in West Africa, and so it's no surprise that 70% of the world's cocoa comes from here in Africa. Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana are the giant producers of cocoa, but are closely followed by Nigeria, Cameroon, and Liberia. These five African states are suppliers of three quarters of the world's cocoa. And even though cocoa is largely exported raw or semi-processed, it's a key source of foreign exchange for producers in these countries. Now, Nat, another thing that's not widely known is that there's a reason West Africa is bountiful in cocoa production. And that's because of the right climatic conditions which ensure the growth of healthy cocoa trees. So you can't grow cocoa trees just anywhere. And depending on where you visit, if you have a strong sense of taste, you'll come to understand that chocolate's taste is determined by bean quality. However, creative techniques used to make the final chocolate product also contribute to the variety of chocolate flavors such as dark chocolate, fruity chocolate and even flavored chocolate to understand the different unique kinds of cocoa beans and get a clearer picture of the cocoa bean. We spoke with Femi Oyedipe. She's a chocolate expert and co-founder of Losh's Chocolate, a bean-to-bar single-origin chocolate making business in Lagos. So there are three different types of cocoa beans in the world. You have Forastero, you have Trinitario, and then you have Criollo. Criollo is, makes up just about 5% in the world. So you can imagine something that is so popular, so unique and um, delicate in the way it has to be grown and it has to be you know, harvested and fermented and you know, cultured to, to deliver the values it, it brings. And even in that same cacao pod, you know, inside, you see that if you break it open, you see the fruit that is the bean is encapsulated in a white substance that is like a pulp, very sweet. People have used that to create um, wines and drinks, you know, then the bean itself is used to make chocolate. Then the husk around the bean is used for animal feed, is used. In, in creating teas, cacao tea. So it is a very multi-faceted, multi-dynamic you know, produce in that sense. The chocolate value chain has gotten stronger over the years, but this wasn't always the case. 
Two challenges that have previously garnered media attention are cocoa farmers not receiving a fair share of the profits of the industry and the issue of deforestation. Additionally, there's still gender barriers and age discrimination when it comes to cocoa farm ownership, as women and youth in some communities are not considered fit to run these farms, especially when they are inherited. Aware of these as recurring challenges, multiple African companies have set out to carve ways forward with cocoa-producing communities at the center of their missions. For instance, there have been efforts to initiate sustainability programs where organizations work hand-in-hand with cocoa farmers to empower them to adopt entrepreneurial mindsets and practice sustainable farming. These programs help farmers understand value and pricing strategies so that they can start selling at the actual value of the cocoa they've produced. And with these programs, existing stereotypes around age and gender where managing farms are concerned are then debunked. As for the issue of deforestation and climate change, many farmers have been introduced to the cultivation of different cocoa varieties and they have been receptive. These farmers now understand climate change impact as well as best practices to manage risk. Shifting focus from the farmers, other key players in the chocolate value chain are the amazing African entrepreneurs engaged in the processing of high-quality chocolates. Because of their work and commitment to quality, Ivorian, Ghanaian and Nigerian chocolates are now available in the global chocolate landscape. Philip Metch is a renowned craftsman of chocolate. He runs PEMS, a luxurious chocolate company that promotes chocolate and confectionery from Côte d'Ivoire. He spoke on the work chocolate entrepreneurs like himself are doing to make quality chocolate affordable and accessible. People love chocolate in Africa. People love chocolate in Ivory Coast. People love Pam's chocolate because they, they know that we are doing amazing things. So we mix uh, chocolate, which is traditional all over the world, with uh, local spices. For example, in our boutique, you can find chocolate with uh, hibiscus. You can also find chocolate with ginger, with cola, with, uh, with local spices, and uh, people love it, definitely, and they are supportive. They are supporters, they are supporting local initiative. Just like anything else, when we start celebrating our own, the rest of the world jumps in on the celebration wave and it gives us global visibility. And isn't that true? There's even a lot of excitement around chocolate programs, workshops and tastings which are organized by African chocolate companies and cocoa experts. In these events, chocolate lovers not only get to enjoy an assortment of chocolate products, but also get to learn the history and multicultural diversity of Africa as more African chocolates are named after African places, people and histories. And speaking of learning, the pathway for Africans to be the custodians of stories about cocoa farming and chocolate production in Africa is getting wider by the second. The Fine Cocoa and Chocolate Institute is a non-profit organization that has and continues to build a community of cocoa and chocolate experts from around the world through educational programming and the creation of knowledge-sharing spaces. Carla Martin is among the enthusiastic pace-setters in this work and is the executive director of the organization. She shared more on this. 
This is an industry with a value of more than 100 billion US dollars per year. Uh, and that value and that wealth, the power that's associated with it are primarily captured at what one would call sort of the end of the value chain, meaning among retailers, manufacturers, uh, large multinational corporations, the people who capture the least amount of that value and wealth are cocoa producers themselves, who are typically getting about three to six percent of that overall value, which is astonishing if you consider it because they are quite literally producing the raw material without which chocolate would not exist. Earlier, we shared an excerpt from our conversation with Femi Oyedipe of Luscious Chocolate. Her business is doing wonders to support women cocoa farmers by sourcing directly from them. We asked her about their journey to date and here's what she had to say. Since starting the business, honestly, Luscious Chocolate has made homegrown chocolate bar. We made it a thing. We, we created some sort of a culture where if you're not eating a homegrown chocolate bar, then you haven't started. If you're not buying local, you, you've not started eating something that is made for you, by you, by us. You know, so that was the agenda. That was the um, story. And then we began to educate people because we found out that a lot of people didn't even really know the difference between eating chocolate that is made from cocoa bean and eating chocolate that is made from, let's say, for example, a flavor or a concentrate or whatever. Hmm. An interesting reflection to remind us that a lot of work goes into building a business that's pro-African. Femi has further ensured Lausche's creates personalized chocolates for different occasions, from birthdays to weddings to even funerals. And this has enticed Nigerians to keep buying from her. I'm honestly glad to see that these impact-driven initiatives and African chocolate businesses are contributing to the overall GDP of Africa's cocoa-producing countries. Now, when it comes to the future of cocoa production, distribution, and African chocolate, we might be feeling positive, but what better way than to put that feeling into words? Les, what do you think the future holds for our rich cocoa beans? You want to know? Mm-hmm. My biggest takeaway from this episode has been recognizing that the world depends on Africa for its cocoa and that African entrepreneurs are claiming their space in this growing industry. In addition, the strengthened value chain means more satisfied farmers and more African chocolate enjoyed within Africa and exported globally. Wouldn't that be something? I'm excited that there's more opportunities for women farmers and processors in the cocoa space. And as a lover of chocolate, I'm ready to have a taste of chocolate from Africa by Africans. Thanks for joining us on this episode. We hope that you are encouraged to go out and buy African chocolates now that you know about these amazing types of beans, where they grow in abundance, and how you have a role to play in the chocolate ecosystem. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Changing Narratives Africa podcast. You can find and engage with us online through our website, which is www.afchub.org. A big thank you to our sponsors, Seagull Family Foundation, Africa No Filter and Afrixim Bank, as well as our production partner, Pauqua Stories. Thanks for tuning in. And until the next episode, keep championing Africa.